1: It's Thursday, August 26th, and you're tuned in to the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Hoynes, the Indians uh, flipped the switch on the the Texas Rangers last night. The uh, the Rangers came out in the series opener on Tuesday, hit a couple of home runs, and the Indians uh, reversed fortunes and did the same thing. Uh, four home runs and a 7-3 win. Uh, they backed up Zach Plesac, who uh, you know, got the job done, but didn't necessarily look, uh, look great doing it the, uh, the entire time. Uh, what'd you see out of, out of police And what'd you see out of the Indians last night?
0: Yeah. You know, obviously a, a big offensive performance by the Indians. They were, you know, they, they kind of had the, uh, the field tilted in their favor because, you know, the, the Rangers are dealing with a COVID attack, a COVID outbreak. And, uh, they had to bring; they've had to bring up a bunch of players from their AAA team, and uh, Jeff Lats, uh, um or Jake Latz, was uh, a lefty uh, that had to start make his major league debut uh, against the Indians. And but he pitched pretty well, I thought. Until you know they, uh, you know Mercado hit a home run off him in the, in the second, and uh, he gave up two solo home runs to Chang and Hedges in the fifth. So you know he goes four and two thirds in his um, a big league debut and uh, gives up three runs. He did okay, I thought. <clears throat> but the Indians, um, this was a big win for him. And uh, I think they, you know, with with Plesek, I'm still, you know, I don't know if this was a good outing for him or a bad outing. I think he kind of grinded just through, you know, he got into the sixth inning. He had a three-nothing lead uh, in the sixth inning. And then, you know, he gets called for a buck. Mm-hmm. And uh, it seemed to upset him. And the next guy hits a two run homer and it's three, two. And, you know, he's, he's a batter away two two batters away from getting taken out of the game.
1: Yeah. There were times in that outing where I thought Zach Plesac was really good and really efficient with his pitches. You know, he got through the first uh, maybe a couple of innings on, on, on a minimal pitch count. Uh, he was letting his defense work behind him, uh, you know, pitching to contact. But like you said, uh, he, he ran into problems then, you know, it was the same sort of pattern in that, uh, that fifth inning, uh, the sixth inning, where, you know, they tried to get him deeper into games and get him through innings and he just, he sort of loses it for a minute or two. Uh, I don't know if it's necessarily related to the thumb injury, like we had speculated before, you know, maybe there are still some lingering effects because of the uh, the broken thumb and you know, he did work real hard to get back, but maybe he's not, uh, I, I just don't, I can't explain why early in a game he would be so effective and, and efficient and then it doesn't really catch up to him until later in the game. So,
0: yeah, you know, he gave up, a, he gave up a lot of base runners, Joe, he's pitching with traffic the whole time, uh, you know, eight hits, three walks, and I think the, the thing with the police, at least to me, he throws a lot of strikes. And he does; he's not striking people out, so he induces contact. And you know, when, when when that contact results in hits, you're gonna you're gonna be pitching. You know, in situations where if you make one mistake, it's gonna hurt you. And I think uh, you know he just for for whatever reason he's not striking out a lot of people. I mean, he's striking out a decent amount of people, but he's just not striking out people. You know, avoiding contact and getting out of those innings. And then you know where the when he does get into problem, it's, it's usually because there's a guy on first or second base and he gives up a hit and uh, it hurts him.
1: Right. Uh, it doesn't help when the, uh, the baseballs that you're using aren't necessarily in the condition that the baseballs are supposed to be in uh, Zach police saying after the game that uh, the home plate umpire told him uh, that whoever rubbed up the baseballs. And uh, for those who, who aren't aware of the, the the baseballs used in a particular game get rubbed with dirt uh, beforehand. There's a particular process that they go through. Uh, the umpire told Zach Polisak during the game that the balls were unacceptable. Uh, they were slick, maybe because of the humidity. Uh, they were uh, it was harder for them to to get gripped. Uh, Polisak mentioned it in his post game, uh, but uh, there there will be uh, changes to the protocol, I guess. Uh, and and the 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 balls the baseballs. Uh, Watch what I'm saying here. The baseballs will be rubbed properly prior to the games uh, moving forward, I think, uh, is, is what they're looking for. I, I just, you know, when it, when it comes down to such a razor-thin margin for, you know, if, if the balls aren't rubbed up properly, then you're going to have a bad game. I, I think there's, uh, there's something to be addressed there.
0: Yeah, and, you know, it's, uh, you know, obviously, you know, the, he said the umpire was rubbing dirt on the balls from home plate to give him a mm-hmm. to help try to help him out. I hope, I hope he was doing it to both sides. Right. Right. <laughs> right. right. Cause I'm sure, you know, uh, the Texas pitchers were dealing with the same thing. So, you know, it's just one of those things you got to overcome. And as Zach said, he tried to, you know, pitch, tried to tried to overcome it, to deal with it, to put it out of his mind. But uh, it, I think it, it did, uh, you know, play a part in, in how he pitched last night, but it, You know, in the end, Joey wins his eighth game and, um, you know, he's, he's back. He's, he's one of the, you know, the first, he came back from that injury and he's still grinding away. So, you know, hopefully he, he can, you know, settle into some kind of groove where he can just have an easy game, not an, you know, just a, a game where he's not facing guys on base, you know, every inning.
1: Right. Uh, well, it helps when, uh, like you said, the the Indians' offense hits four home runs. Uh, Yu Chang homers for the second night in a row. Uh, Oscar Mercado hits the longest home run of his career. Uh, Austin Hedges gets in on the act; he hits one uh, out the left field. And of course, Framil Reyes with another bomb, another moonshot, 451 feet. Uh, he's he's testing the limits of that left field bleachers, uh, sort of getting his feel. I, I think. Uh, he doesn't want to talk about uh, hitting the scoreboard anymore this season, but uh, we're free to do so on his behalf. Uh, he keeps getting closer and closer. Framil does uh, this offense a- at times. There's there's like flashes, and there's you can see where there might be pieces that maybe down the line in the future, if some guys uh, continue to develop, maybe this is something that could be an effective offense, but you know, when it, when it comes and goes like the way it has been over the last couple of weeks, uh, it's, it's really not going to help you win uh, too many ball games uh, unless you, you know, you hit them all four in a game.
0: Yeah. And, uh, you know, you, you know, c- kind of power comes and goes, especially with this lineup, but you have to have, you know, if you're consistent, I think you, if you have consistent hitters, if you're consistent in their approach at the plate, you know, that helps. And when, you know, you're you're scoring you know, uh, you know three or f- fewer runs in in more than half your games. That's that's not consistency. You know, that's or you know not, you know. I, I mean, a, a good percentage of your games. I shouldn't I shouldn't say half, but uh, you know, that's you know that that's gonna hurt you, and uh, you're gonna have games like this, uh, you know where you where you kind of uh, like you said, kind of you know they they have a good night, but it's kind of, it's you know it's that feast or famine offense that we've been watching all year and. I think the only way you do that is only way improved you improve that is a your younger players get more experience and b you bring in players that you know are established big league uh, you know hitters and that can you know lengthen that lineup.
1: Well, uh, I think the Indians' approach. I think we've seen it. We know it's more going to be column A than column B uh, moving forward. So uh, that will be the case. Uh, injury news update prior to the game. The Indians put right-hander Tristan McKenzie on the injured list, the 10-day injured list. Uh, We talked to Chris Antonetti beforehand, and he said, this doesn't really, it it isn't really like an injury or an event or anything that particularly happened. Uh, He didn't, Tristan didn't respond the way that trainers, uh, he he responded a little more slowly than trainers wanted after his most recent start uh, Saturday. So they decided to be precautious. Uh, he's just a little fatigued in that right shoulder. So they're going to shut him down for a couple of days. Uh, hopefully he won't miss, you know, more than a start or two uh, through the rotation. And then maybe he comes back in sometime in September and is, is able to get a few more starts under his belt. This really just feels like a load management sort of issue for McKenzie.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think you're right, Joe. I think you're uh you know, if you look at, you know, his, the work he's put in this year, he's, he's thrown just over 90 innings in the big leagues, just, just over 20 innings at triple a, uh, last year, you know, in the 60 game sprint, he threw 33 innings. This is a guy, you know, he's not uh, Charles Atlas, you know, this is a six, five, 170 pound guy that has had shoulder and forearm problems in the past in the minors. So I think they're just being extra cautious. And, uh, and uh, But the, the shame is, like, Joe, I mean, we, we've never seen him better than the last two starts. Uh, exactly. 23 straight against Detroit, you know, flirting with the perfect game. And, and the last time out, you know, seven innings, eight strikeouts, one run, uh, just, uh, you know, dominant performances. And, uh, you know, you start thinking about that and you start thinking about, oh, well, okay, Savali might, might be just around the corner, maybe Beaver too. Maybe we can see you know, police act. Oh, those four guys plus uh, Quantrill at some point in this season before it ends. And I don't know if we're going to get a chance to see that.
1: Yeah, it, it's, it's nice to dream and it's nice to hope. And, and maybe that uh, that rotation that you just, you know, spoke about, maybe that shows up in the beginning of next year. Who knows? Uh, it's it's what we've we all sort of been playing around within our heads in terms of, boy, this could look really good for next year if everybody's healthy. Uh, McKenzie, I, hey, I remember standing at the top of that hill uh, at, in Williamsport and standing next to Chris Antonetti watching uh, <laughs> watching Tristan Mackenzie go down the hill on the piece of cardboard, and he sort of rolled over, and then just he was laughing so much that he sort of laid there, and everybody's like heart sort of stopped <laughs> when he did that. And Antonetti, I'm, I'm looking at Antonetti, and he's got this look on his face, and everybody's like oh he's just laughing he's fine he's fine nothing wrong with him and then Daniel Johnson went down the hill right after that and like like did a barrel roll down the hill and McKenzie just got up he was laughing so nothing nothing happened to him to to sort of injure the shoulder or anything like that on that hill but you saw just a, a glimpse of you know what goes through Antonetti's mind when he's worried about a player like that and and in that just heartbeat of a moment before you knew, uh, you know, it's like when your kid falls down and when he's like three and, you know, he pops up and he's okay for for a second, you're, you're worried, but then, you know, you, you know that he's, he's all right and he can manage for himself. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that, that happened in Williamsport uh, that, you know, Anthony got a little worried, but I don't think it had. She starts sweating
0: it. bullets, right?
1: <laughs> I'm telling you, man, the look on his face was, it was one of, <laughs> existential (laughs) dread um all right there's a month left in the season a little little over a month Uh, as far as the uh the assignments for the bbwa awards who's voting on what those have all been handed out and we we know who's voting on what uh in, in among the baseball writers here we've got mvp cy young rookie and manager uh in the american league uh just handicap who you think uh, is is the the favorite in each one. Uh start with the MVP.
0: Uh you know, I, MVP I think is is got to be Otani to me uh Joe, I think he would he would be the the guy uh that I, that I you know, I would probably vote for. Uh, the Cy Young, uh you know, that's a, that's a little tougher call. Uh you know, I think Otani will get some votes. Uh, you know, I just like you know I know Rodon's you know just got off the DL but I I like what you know we we've seen Rodon Mm -hmm. at his best so I might give uh, Rodon a vote there Uh, the rookie of the year the kid uh, the kid that's in town right now uh,
1: uh, Adolus Garcia
0: Adonis I mean he's just blown everybody away I mean he's Uh, I know I know you
1: think he's a good looking guy but he's not an Adonis he's he's Adolus.
0: Yeah, Adolis Garcia. I
1: just, Paul, Paul can't help himself. He thinks he's beautiful. Go ahead, Adolis Garcia.
0: Yeah, I mean he's just blown everybody away, and he's like, I know he's 28 years old, but uh, you know, and, and this guy's been through a couple organizations, but uh, he's having a great year for Texas. Um, who else we got? Uh, manager of the year? Manager. Is that-
1: yeah, manager. Wow. Think cash goes back to back. Do you think
0: uh cash? Yeah, Boone, maybe cash goes back to back. I tell but, you what,
1: is as high as the Yankees have, have been. I think yeah. everybody's going to
0: Boone. Yeah, Aaron Boone might be. You know, he might be the guy because, you know, he was on the chopping block about a yep. month ago. He, you know, yep. The heat was growing, and now, you know, obviously the Yankees are, you know, have a payroll to win it, but they weren't doing it until just recently. So, so maybe I maybe booney gets the uh, gets my manager yeah. of the year vote.
1: I, I got to agree with that. I think uh, baseball writers might like to vote for the easiest story to write, and that that would be the easiest story to write. You know, Boone coming within a an eyelash of getting fired and then, uh, you know, turning things around uh, might be it. Uh, for MVP, I think, um, you know, Otani's got it locked. Otani's had it locked up for, you know, the entire season, just the way he's been doing it. Uh, I like, it, it, that's a 10, what, a 10 vote, uh, yeah, ballot ten, there. Ten, so ten I, I like, you know, to me, what's more intriguing than the pretty much foregone conclusion of Otani winning the, the, the AL MVP this year uh, is who gets the down vote or the down ballot votes. You know, does, does Jose Ramirez get a 10th place vote a ninth place vote? I think, you know, deserving of that for sure. Uh, I think Vladimir Guerrero jr. Should get, as many second place votes as possible. If Otani is your first place vote, uh, he he certainly deserves it. Uh, there's just a, a a lot of intriguing sort of, you know, who fits where. I, how do you how do you vote on the the Rays? You know, they don't have one guy in that, on that team who, who really stands out, except for maybe Brandon Lau. Uh, yeah. in, in the job he's done, thirty home runs already this season. I mean, I, I think something like that, where those guys end up on the ballot, not necessarily getting the, the first place votes, but that intrigues me more. Uh, you, you mentioned Carlos Rodon for the, the MVP. I think Lance Lynn is going to get a lot of consideration. Yeah. Uh, Lance Lynn and, and Otani. I think if, uh, if Chris Bassett hadn't gotten hurt, he might be uh, way up there uh, as well. Uh, so, you know, there's, there's all those possibilities. And, and, there's still time for Garrett Cole to put on, you know, uh, a streak of, of starts that, you know, as long as he's pitching in New York, he's always going to get looked at, you know, more than, than anybody else. Uh, uh, that's for sure. Uh, and as far as, as the rookies go, uh, I, I like what I've seen out of uh, uh, Garcia. Uh, I don't know about uh, the the kid in Detroit, uh, Keel Badu. I don't know if he's done yeah. enough consistently to, to, you know, sort of handle that. So, uh, and, and yeah, Mullins,
0: I think... and the Mullins kid in uh in uh, Baltimore's had a great year. So,
1: right uh, as far as down ballot sort of voting, I know it's only a a three three vote um, ballot, but uh, maybe Emmanuel Class A gets a vote from somebody. You know, he's, yeah. he's certainly done a a fantastic job this year. Uh, I, I I I think when I voted a few in 2019 in the the rookie. Uh, ballot. I, I reserved a spot for Oscar Mercado just to, to give him a vote there, uh, sort of to recognize what he did, uh, not necessarily thinking that he, he's, uh, you know, uh, a top rookie that, that season, but Class A certainly deserving of it. So yeah, that's a, a good look at the uh, the awards and, you know, where sort of things sit with maybe uh, a, a five, six weeks to go in the season. He, this season has flown by.
0: Yeah, I know, Joe, it's, it's like, you know, it, you know, I remember John McNamara when he was managing the Indians, he always said when, you know, when the season flies by, but it really flies by when you're winning, you know, so this season to me is kind of, you know, it's kind of had too much. it's dragged a little bit, but, but when you look up, you know, it's, you know, there's, you know, we're almost in uh, uh, September, September, you know, it's, it's yeah. almost over. So it, uh, it, it it never seems like it's going to end, but it just comes on fast.
1: Here's what's going to make you feel like, uh, hey, do you remember when the Indians had Josh Naylor, Eddie Rosario, and Jake Bowers on the on the team? I mean, think <laughs> about, that. think about that. If it seems like forever ago that that those guys were were playing, you know, every day for the Indians. I, I just, uh, it that is sort of the perspective that I that I have on this, where you sort of get lost in the the daily grind of it. So. Uh, very interesting. All right, one more with the Rangers tonight at the ballpark. Uh, for the Indians, Sam Hentges going. Uh, is this another bullpen game, or can we maybe expect to see three, four innings out of Sam Hentges tonight?
0: Well, he pitched four the last time out, Joe. So I would think, uh, and DeMarlo Hale said he can, you know, increase probably, he's probably going to jump up between 12 and 15, 16, 17 more pitches this time out. They're going to give him a longer leash. So yeah, I think this is his chance to, uh, you know, stay in the rotation and kind of get out of that, you know, opener mode and, you know, establish and give, him his, give himself a chance to, to uh, you know, to have the Indians look at him as a starter going into the offseason.
1: There you go. All right, we'll talk to you again tomorrow here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast.